attitude is laid, my sacrifice becomes acceptable to God. So I also realized I was trying to live life in my own strength. I hadn't fully admitted how much I needed the Lord to walk the Christian walk. So I returned from the camping experience with everything I needed, turned back to the Lord and began to grow exponentially in my faith. I began to see God everywhere. I joined a church. I was doing home care as a nurse aide at the time, and God kept placing so many Christian patients in my life over and over. Woman. Welcome to the next episode of the No Greater Joy podcast, brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church in Westlake, Ohio, because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, that's to know greater joy by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy for his people, what we call being a 24-7 worshiper, a go-person, and an alongsider. I am Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Right across the table from me is... Ryan Atkins, associate pastor here at Grace. And once again, huge thanks to Dan Kraniak, member here, producing this and uh, just making it flat out awesome. So we are recording some bonus episodes, episodes that highlight what God is doing in the lives of our people here at Grace, specifically providing them an opportunity to share uh, what we're calling is their gospel collision story, or more commonly known as just their salvation story when they came to know Christ. And so really happy to have Amy Vandenberg here with us, who's willing to share how God saved her. So Amy, just maybe introduce yourself a little bit little bit of background information, and then just let us know when you came to know Christ as your Savior. Well, thank you, Steve and Ryan, for having me here. Yeah, we're glad you came. Um, I have been married for 15 years to Eric, and we have two beautiful children, a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, Faith and Jacob. Teenager. We're working on We're not yeah. there yet. Yeah, youth Almost. group. Almost, Almost there. I mean, more weeks. this is transition moment because, you know, school's ending, uh, promotion happened up to, to upper school. So, All right. You know, it's bittersweet sure. here. Um, we always want to see our children grow, but... It's also not, not so fast. fast. A not bit fast. heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah so, How are you almost um, as tall as me? Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I've been at Grace for 10 years. And um, my um, salvation walk started when I was eight. Um, I accepted Christ. Um, I had known Jesus my entire life. And my older sister, Dawn, took time to explain my needs. <laughs> Um, my life already had some prayer rhythms and a lot of Christian influence, <clears throat> but there was a deep seed, planted seed um, that day when she sat down with me and prayed. Um, I didn't know what it meant to surrender everything to God, um, nor could I reconcile what the church was saying about being kind and loving alongside the chaos and violence that was going on in my family life. Um, there was quite a bit of dysfunction and abuse. Yet, my mother was seeking the Lord all of my life, and she was often sitting with her Bible open, and I saw the hand of God in her life at a very young age. Uh, my mother taught me to think in terms of eternity, and I could see the hope that she had, but I honestly had to work out my salvation with fear and trembling when my sister Dawn died. Huh. I was about 20 years old, and it left a scar that was pretty confusing. Huh. How old were you when... You were eight. How old was Dawn when she started talking with your sister? So Dawn was five years older. She was 13. 13-year-old. Right. And she was spreading the gospel her entire life. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, she really was. And your mom, she was a believer? My mom's parents, my grandparents, were new believers. They had 10 children. My mother was the oldest. And so it was quite a legalistic picture that they didn't know any better. And um, But that's where the legacy started. And mm-hmm. now it blossomed into a family full of Christians. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, how would you describe Amy Vandenberg before coming to Christ and now, um, or how would you just describe your life before, before coming to Christ? I know you're eight years old, um, but that kind of, that journey of understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I had a relationship. Um, it was very immature. I really think of when you asked me that question, I really jumped to 20 because that's when my faith was stretched for the first time in a real way. And so I just jumped there because immediately after my sister's death, I questioned whether God was good for the first time. I mean, I guess I kind of always wondered, but I saw him. So, um, but I began to make some poor choices at that time. And I felt angry at God and most of the people in my life. I felt hurt by the way people tried to comfort me in my grief. I simply did not have a good support system during that difficult time. Um, The church felt a little painful to me since it was my sister who led me to Christ and her death was so tragic that I Mm -hmm. felt really lost. Um, My faith was truly rattled for the first time, like I said. So the Lord eventually allowed me to see the condition of my own heart. Um, Even though I was still praying to God, I most often decided to choose my own way to live my life. I experienced very deep depressions. At the end of the day, I felt very empty. Um, After a childhood full of abuse, I didn't like people, especially women. All the competition and hurtful things from women closed my heart off from most relationships in order to protect my heart. But um, I experienced rage, loneliness, and I honestly tried to dull the pain with all kinds of things that didn't last. What was it that kind of broke broke through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, At some point, I really reached the end of myself. I was at rock bottom, addicted, and in a pretty rough situation when the Lord woke my spirit with a message. Um, It was about 17 years after my initial acceptance of Christ that I joined my family on a trip to Wisconsin. It was a Christian camp, and there was a skit that explained how we needed to be broken before we could be usable to God. And that skit answered some, some big questions for me. It had a huge impact on my heart. I can't remember the, the exact skit, but it reminds me of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 1, bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. I just began to realize that I wasn't acknowledging my personal sin. I also think of Psalm 51 where David says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering, the sacrifice of God, or a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. This scripture indicates God's rejection of sacrifice offered without a proper heartfelt attitude and foundation of sincere faith. 
Once the foundation of right attitude is laid, my sacrifice becomes acceptable to God. So I also realized I was trying to live life in my own strength. I hadn't fully admitted how much I needed the Lord to walk the Christian walk. So I returned from the camping experience with everything I needed to turn back to the Lord and begin to grow exponentially in my faith. I began to see God everywhere. I joined a church. I was doing home care as a nurse aide at the time, and God kept placing so many Christian patients in my life over and over, woman after woman who was loving and kind to me and even asking me pointed questions about my faith. God provided very good, biblically sound churches also, where I learned how to walk the Christian walk. My desire to follow harder after God grew and allowed me to see mountains move in my heart. I was most definitely a new creation with much less pride and selfishness. So there were scriptures that I had heard my whole life, <laughs> that some of them that, that really touched me. Um, you know, I'd had... My mom had given me salty tapes as a kid, and you learned the <laughs> psalms through singing. Yep. And I heard Elizabeth Elliot my whole life and all kinds of pastors on WCRF. And um, I don't particularly remember memorizing a bunch of scripture, but it's funny how, as an adult, the Holy Spirit brings them anyway. Sure. <laughs> Things I didn't know that I memorized just came <laughs> as a lifeline when, <laughs> when I needed it. And... Um, I'm trying to see here what I have, but um, the first time I read all the way through the Bible, I was a bit shocked. There's a, so much they don't tell you in Sunday school. <laughs> I mean, wow, X-rated some of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it blew me away. I think seeing God forgive the Israelites over and over every single time they would repent. I mean, that was just huge. Even my kids at four could see it. You uh -huh. know, I'm reading them the Bible, and they're like, "Wow, God keeps taking them." back. It's like, yeah, 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 this is the amazing thing. Um, so I was, I remember Psalm 40 being very dear to me at some point. Um, I felt for the first time that I had a firm foundation and it was, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. So I could see God softening me through his word and reading a psalm and a proverb a day. I did that for years. Um, I found great comfort in many scriptures, um, especially that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Um, but one last scripture that comes to mind, I remember seeing God's sovereignty in scripture and him knowing the precise number of my days. I will live, um, Psalm 139:16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And if God is all-powerful and all-knowing and in control of all things, I knew I could stop worrying since he is with me. So there was great comfort there. So what has been, as you, you have that, that moment, your sister investing coming alongside, sharing Christ with you at eight, the, the tragedy and the difficulty that 
ensued kind of, you know, after that, having that opportunity with your family and these scriptures just kind of coming alive. The the Amy now versus the Amy before all of that, how would you, what's the biggest difference? What is the difference that Christ has made? And perhaps even just thinking about, you know, there are, there are those that can identify with the story that you're describing and the things that you've gone through, or those, you know, you have brothers and sisters in Christ who have friends or family members who maybe are walking that road and how they can encourage them. And But as you shared, you know, what's the difference that Jesus has made? And, and then perhaps maybe follow that. What is it that you would love for those people to hear? Yeah, yeah, the Lord has truly helped me to have a hope and a peace. And and though healing from trauma is complicated, I see him still continuing to move mountains in my heart and making all things new. And he can do that for any of us. Um, In the middle of the storms, for me, he has been very close. And frankly, there is nothing greater to experience in this life than to be used by the Lord in his ministry. Um, he has placed a hunger in my heart to study his word and to show compassion toward the lost and to share the gospel every day. I'm in awe of the fact that God took me from hating people to loving people. He showed me my bitterness and gave me compassion. It's really quite impossible that I would lead women's ministry, especially knowing where I was. But I just love how God can make beauty from ashes. Um, I guess that's probably the loudest message from my life is I follow after my Heavenly Father. I I still experience the full range of emotions and even dark moments, but I don't live in confusion and deep depression anymore. I still feel loneliness in the dark of the night, but I always have a place to run. Um, You know, Jesus is my great comforter and my great physician. I'm so thankful for that. Um, God never gets tired of my neediness, and he never tells me he's too busy to spend time with me. And the fact that he loves me on my worst day has truly changed my life and given me hope that nothing, not even death, can take away from me. So that is um, the hope for all, all people. Mm-hmm. He offers it, his grace, to all people. If you, had a, if you had a way back machine and could go back and sit with eight-year-old Amy, <laughs> what, would you, what would you encourage her with? I probably think more of the broken Amy, (laughs) who was at the end of herself, um, more than the eight-year-old, I guess, when I go back. My beginning, my transformation um, started at that place. Um, And there was no one there but but Jesus, which Mm -hmm. is a great thing, right? He lets us go through seasons where we're alone so that we will look up and... um, Yeah, I think um, God did it. You know, he gave me the people that kept pointing me to Jesus, and that really was the only answer. I looked everywhere else, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it wasn't there. It was really in following after him and understanding what he had done for me. And who It's been interesting. We've, in the couple of the other interviews that we've had, they've also have kind of, identified certain individuals that have they've really not done anything profound or complicated for one it was just a simple 
hey, are you going to church? Come to church with me and sing. Or uh, just a simple invitation to a Bible study. Or who who are some of those, you mentioned these individuals mm-hmm. that God has just in his sovereignty placed in your life? Who, if you don't, you know, you don't have to give names or anything, or if you, if you feel free to do that, you can, but who might those individuals be and maybe some of the things that God used through them in your life? Yeah, I had hit a really rough spot, um, and it was, <laughs> it was the next day God provided a woman. I had signed up for a Bible study at um, the chapel in Akron, and the trauma happened one day, and the next day I'm walking into this Bible study, and the teacher, her name's Anita, and, and she is just a woman who loved Jesus, loved Scripture, and taught me to walk with my head held high after a pretty abusive situation. And um, she became like a spiritual mommy to me. I mean, she took the time, she listened, and she, all she did was open Scripture and say, what's the Bible say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the Bible say? And I really grew and learned how to use Scripture um, for those answers that I was looking for. I mean, she taught me so much. She's 80 years old now. We still talk. She's a beautiful woman. Um, but... She didn't do anything majorly profound, although, you know, Scripture did. You yeah. know, Scripture yep. did. And she pointed me to it. So, yeah, um, that was that was um, such a gift from the Lord. I was mm. able to march through some trauma very, um, very much at peace and actually having a beautiful journey with Jesus. Yeah. Any others? Um... Well, I mentioned all those ladies. It just yeah. was profound. I mean, it was just like neon signs, <laughs> writing on the wall everywhere. The, the Lord just was calling me. So it was really a fun season that God allowed for me. Um, those women challenged me. They said, you know, they would ask me, like, can you do good? Can you be good? And it's like made me face those hard things. No, actually, I can't. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they did ask those questions, and it was good. And then, of course, Newt Larson at, at the chapel. I, I started sneaking in the back door and sneaking out, and I learned so much. And eventually, like I said, I did become involved in a Bible study there. But um, he oozed <laughs> the character of Jesus everywhere he went. You know, every corner you turn, he was. And then his teaching also had changed my life. So I really appreciate um those people, um, yeah, that's what that's what comes to my yeah. mind right now. Yeah. So it's not necessarily you said her name was Anita. Mm-hmm. Not that she had all the answers, right? But she knew where where you needed to go, and that she took the time. The I think I was most amazed by that. No yeah. one had time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did. And I always felt very humbled by the fact that she would sit with me. You know, um, yeah. To just listen and allow you to talk. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't know. She didn't understand my situation, but sure. she listened. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we need to do some more listening. That's a really Just hard one, you know, the the slow to speak, the quick to listen. Like, mm-hmm. I, ha- I hear that in the back of my mind every day when I'm talking to my kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> slow down, listen first. Sure. It, 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 we don't naturally do that. No, no. <laughs> we're so quick to talk. We're so quick to interject. We're so quick to feel like we have to have an answer we all have something to say. Yes. And we need to say it now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, 
well, praise the Lord for Anita. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How how are you seeing God work in your life today? So currently the Lord is working in so many areas of my life. Um, I've been clinging to some really important lessons that I learned many years ago that helped me walk in confidence and strength and hope. In the middle of major griefs that keep coming at me this year, I know that I must keep my eyes on Jesus and eternity in order that the circumstances of the day will grow dim. Uh, The mountains become low hills (laughs) when we can keep our eyes on eternity. Hmm. But I did. I learned this year to tether my thoughts to to his promises instead of the regrets of the past, the fears of the day, or the anxieties of the future. Um, this past year has been peppered with um, some heavy moments and and a ton of growth. Um, God has been completely faithful in the last 25 years that I've been following hard after him. He has continued to change me from the inside out, and I really have a long way to go. Um, God graciously <laughs> lets me see that, <laughs> keeps me humble, but I love this journey. Uh, with Jesus. Um, Recently, I noticed that my words weren't edifying, my tone was harsh, and um, this had been going on for quite a while, so I knew it was a sour aroma to my Heavenly Father. So I did come before Him and repent, and I asked Him to help me to have more grace. I had begged Him, really. Um, I I admitted that I knew the process was going to be painful, um, but I told Him I was ready, and it's not a coincidence that I was given three opportunities immediately to practice showing grace. <laughs> um, rough stuff came right my way immediately, and, and it hurt. I was right. Um, having conflict with family and friends is difficult. Um, it, it also hurt when the Lord helped me see my own harsh judgments and, and criticisms. Um, I wanted the painful pruning from my good, good father so that I could honor him with my thoughts, my words, and my deeds. Um, can, I, can I ask you something? What's that? Just, I wanted, just what you said, I wanted the pruning from, your good, good, from my good, good father. I wanted it. It's hard, but I want it. I don't... <laughs> That's, uh, people, we don't talk that way. Well, we don't think that way. What is it? <clears throat> why, why should we want that? Well, I hang around with Oswald Chambers, I hang around with um, Corey Ten Boom, and I mm-hmm. hang around with um, Elizabeth Elliot. <laughs> so these are concepts that is like next level Christian walking, and that you don't see it a lot. Let's Mm-mm. be honest. Um, it's a you know, it's a why should we want it? He's faithful and he's good and he's true and. It's in that pain where we find healing on the other side and growth. And I am thankful for a God who loves me enough to change me. Um, Because I know (laughs) what's in my heart. Let me get bumped into and (laughs) see what spills out. And then I'm like, okay, Lord, apparently we have a lot of work to do. Now, that comes with different seasons. I mean, there's obviously cleaner seasons. (laughs) But in that moment, I knew I had been harsh for too long, and it needed to be taken care of. And I really, even just the other day, on my face with a new painful thing, it's like not even speakable. And I, I find that I can pour that out and wake up just fine because he has it and he can carry it. And that is... That is a different response than I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. because usually these things blow me over. And um, 
I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I, I let myself get, if I let myself get lost in the pain and focus on my needs and my rights, which we like to do, we think we have a right for it, <laughs> that I have a right to complain. No, not really. Yeah. No, not really, because it's really just telling God that what you gave me wasn't enough. And I don't want to tell God that. He knows better, right? He's bigger. Um, but as I turn my eyes to the fact that we all fall short of the glory of God, and we all are at the foot of the cross in need of a Savior. It helps me to have grace and to forgive those people who hurt me. Um, and, and, and forgiving them is the only way that I can have peace. So um, it's not necessarily for them, it's for me, <laughs> um, even if, anyway. So all the brokenness in life appropriately makes us feel uneasy. Um, you talk about this, and um, it should. Things are not the way they should be, right? Our bodies, our souls, and all of creation groan for redemption. And as you said from the pulpit, death, and I'll add abuse, these are the loudest cry for redemption. And I just, I thank you for saying that from the pulpit because it's really helped me. Um, what is that doing? That's pointing us back to Jesus and that where else can we go? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people are hurting and need that, need to understand where to go with the hurt. I'm, I'm doing a study right now with Aaron Davis about the life of Joseph, and, and yesterday we talked about how Joseph could have killed his brothers throwing, for throwing him in the pit and selling him to, as a slave. <clears throat> Excuse me. His brothers feared what Joseph might do when their lives collided much later, <laughs> but Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Um, if it wasn't for Joseph interpreting the dreams and seeing the famine that was to come across the land, they, would have been able, they wouldn't have been able to stir up the food mm -hmm. um, to save the people. And um, many people would have died. And it made me think about my own traumas and, and how they made me who I am, um, how I have become burdened to share the gospel, that souls might come to Christ. Um, because of the things that I've been through, there isn't anything else that I want to do for the rest of my days than to point people to Jesus to help them find hope and peace with the only one who can bring healing. The fact that Jesus Christ died for my sins, giving me forgiveness and making me right with the holy God, and then rose again on the third day, overcoming sin and death, that I might have new life in Him now and in eternity. Um, what can be better than that? Hmm. Uh, we can place all of our hope in what Christ has done, and there is no greater peace in having God's favor upon us. But if we seek the Lord long enough, His glory becomes all we want. Furthering his kingdom becomes the only thing that matters, especially when you see just how dysfunctional and how broken it is to seek her own will <laughs> and further our own kingdom. It's honestly an empty and unsettling place to be, and there is no peace in it. But if my pain will somehow bring God glory, then I will choose to march straight through it or in in it for as long as he sees fit. And I, I, it helped me to hear Corey Ten Boom's story because it's like, 
And even Joseph's life, it's like nothing compared to what I've been through. Um, but I, you know, I think of two verses, praise be, this is Second Corinthians, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Therefore, and then 2 Corinthians 4, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet in the, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, they don't feel that way, do they, sometimes? For our <laughs> light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It just it brings me tears because that was really Tom Brown's deepest message to me, and he passed away some years ago, and I miss that man. But um, that changes everything, mm -hmm. to focus on what is unseen, not on what is seen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What a testimony. Amy, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your willingness to share Absolutely. really the story that God is writing and he's written and uh, bringing you to Christ and how he keeps using you. So thank you. Yeah, thank it. you so much for having me here. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. And uh, we look forward to talking to you the next episode. God bless.